Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the end of a center. And if you wonder what a center is, that is me and you, you and me. We're all sinners. The Bible says that if um, we say we're not a sinner, we're a liar. So one of the things I wanted to kind of talk about today is what happens at the end, at the end of your life, you know, the end of your life. So I wanted to start off with uh, Deuteronomy 32 and, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good one here. It says, let's see, Deuteronomy 32, 29, it says, oh, that they were wise that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Now, the Lord is talking there, and he's talking to the nation of Israel, and basically he's saying that if they were wise, they would consider their latter end. So basically what we're saying here is that a person who's wise has foresight, and they tend to look down towards the end. They look past where they're at right now. Um, They don't just consider the beginning. They don't just consider where they're at. You know, some people can't see past the nose on their face. I'm sure you've heard that. So, but if you're wise, you'll look a little further out. Okay. So, you know, basically if you're going to build something like a tower, um, you need to look out in the future and see how much it's going to cost, right? I mean, that's basically how Christ put it in Luke 14, 28, where Jesus here is speaking and he says, for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether we have sufficient to finish it. So even Jesus here saying, you know, if you're going to build a building, Don't you sit down and try to calculate out how much it's going to cost because, you know, if you don't have the money to finish it, then you're probably not going to finish it. So you need to look out past a little bit further than just right here, right now. So like I was saying there in Deuteronomy 32, 29, the Lord is asking Jews, you know, to consider how's it going to wind up with them in the future. So any man who is wise needs to take a long look into the future. So you've got to kind of be farsighted. So when you look out into the future, you need to say, you know, this is doing, I'm doing pretty good right now. Everything's pretty good right now, but how's it going to wind up, you know, on my current path? Now, of course, you're not going to be able to find out and, you know, have foresight for everything every single time. And, uh, you know, you may ask God to show you a revelation on something in the future and he may not show you. Um, but, um, I do believe that you need to consider it, consider the future. Okay. And let's, let's get a good example of that, of how and why you would need to consider your future. For example, you know, in the Bible, um, God tells you what's going to happen to you after you die. So what that means is that death is not the end. Okay. So. You're going to hear people say, which I've heard people say, they say, well, I'm not afraid to die. Well, I mean, you know, if death ended it all, it wouldn't be much to be afraid of, would it? 
I mean, because that's it. Other than if you missed your life, but as far as death, you know, that's over. You're done. And it ended it all, if that was the case. So it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't have to be much afraid of it. But according to the Bible, death doesn't end it all. Okay. According to the Bible, death is just the first installment on damnation or salvation. Okay. So according to the Bible, when you die, you don't end, you begin. So if you were to say, well, what do you begin? Well, you begin your eternity. Um, you're either going to be your eternity in heaven or your eternity in hell. So death for you and me begins eternity. Now, a lot of people um, claim that they are not afraid to die, you know, but however, the Bible does say it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment that's in Hebrews nine. Now that is something to consider. Okay. Because if you're talking about just dying, you know, that necessarily wouldn't be any problem. But if you're talking about judgment after that, now that's something entirely, something entirely different right there. So the trouble is when people, they don't consider their latter end, like the verse previous said. For one example of that, you could take America right now. I mean, America is basically digging its own grave and it's getting deeper and deeper. And uh, I mean, just look around the stuff that's that's going on. I mean, it's unbelievable. So America is digging its own grave and nobody seems to consider how all that's going to end. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to end very well. So you just take a look around and see how disgusting and vulgar and everything around here in America is getting. I mean, just turn on the TV. You can't miss it. So what that boils down to is that people, you know, people in this nation, people everywhere, um, they think that you can sow without reaping. Um, however, the Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's in Galatians 6, 7. And, uh, of course, that's true of nations as it is of individuals, individual people. Um, now, our text that I just read was addressed to a nation. The Lord was talking to Israel in that particular verse. So... You know, that's that's what he was talking to. But, you know, if you sow liquor, you get a nation of drunkards. If you sow pornography, you get a nation of rapists, child molesters, and sex perverts, and transsexuals, and everything else that we have these days. So, now here that I've been talking about, that I'm wanting to talk about, is the end of a sinner. Okay, now when I say sinner, I did say it's me and you. But I'm actually talking about a lost sinner because we're all sinners. But you have either a saved sinner or you're a lost sinner. So I'm referring to the lost sinner, of course, because everybody knows for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, 
But in the end, saved sinners don't wind up as sinners. They wind up just like Jesus Christ. Of course, you can find that in 1 John 3. Of course, if you don't believe in the Bible and you think that um, the Bible's a joke and there is no God, well, then you might as well just go out and have yourself a good old time because, um, well, in your mind, you've got nothing to lose. Um, so in the Bible, sinners that get saved don't come out as sinners in the end. Um, now, somebody does come out as a sinner in the end, uh, you know, the unsaved, so I'm going to talk about the end of that particular sinner, the sinner that refused to accept Jesus Christ. That sinner, well, it doesn't end up too good for that sinner, does it? So now let's go over another verse in the Bible. It's Proverbs 1, 24 through 33. Let me read that to you here. It says, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearketh unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So basically what I want to point out about that passage there of Scripture is basically the sinner's response is refusal. Okay? So the sinner simply turns down the free offer of salvation. So basically it's like, well, will you accept Christ? No, no thank you, not today. So what that is is refusal. So what we have there is basically, you could look at it like this. Every Sunday or every day that somebody attends church, there are thousands of sinners that refuse to accept Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, I read an article here where a preacher was saying that every time he preached in the last 62 years, there was at least one or two people at the end who said, no, thank you. I don't want to get saved. It says, no, thank you. I really don't care to receive you today. Um, and basically, in his words, he said they try to do it politely to turn you down, but it's basically the equivalent of saying to God, to hell with your salvation. So, you know, they try to do it nicely just so people will think they're nice, basically. But, uh, you know, it's just it's flat refusal. Now, I have a funny little example here of refusal like that. And basically, it says that a fellow was drowning one time, and the rescuers threw him a life preserver as he was going down for the third time. That drowning man pushed that life preserver away and yelled, Aw, to hell with your life preserver. I'm done for. And down he went. 
That is refusal. So what this boils down to is when you turn down Jesus Christ, you may have a lot to say for yourself. You may have lots of excuses you can come up with. And believe me, I've heard a few people and I've heard a few of their very lame excuses. But let's just face it here, okay? You did refuse him. You refused Jesus Christ. You did turn him down. I mean, that's what you did, didn't you? Okay, so if you're offered to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you reject him, that's, you know, you don't accept him, that's what you did is you rejected him. Okay, you refused him. That is refusal. Now, other than refusing it, one of the next things that the sinner does here is they make the gospel of no effect. And if we go back to verse 25 there, it says, but ye have set at naught all my counsel. So in other words, God is telling you what to do, and you decided to do nothing. You made a great big zero out of it because you could care less. And that's the sinner's response to the gospel. He makes it of no effect. So the Lord tells you over here in 2 Peter 3.9, it says, that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, you know, he's any, that any should perish. So do you know that any is? Well, that any is you. It's all of us. It's anybody. So God does not want you to perish. So he made a way for you to get out of it. Okay? And... So if you're one of these sinners, what'd you do? Well, you didn't do nothing. You didn't do anything about it. So, you know, if you have a Bible, um, I've heard people say this, well, I've got a Bible, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't read it. You have to read the Bible for the Bible to do you any good. And then if you do actually read the Bible, um, it doesn't do you any good if you don't believe it. So if you've got one, you got to read it. And if you read it and don't believe it, it still don't do you any good. Now, if you flat out refuse to even look at the Bible, read it or anything, you know, if you keep turning that Bible down over and over and over, eventually, it may take a while, but you'll get to where you probably hate it. You hate that Bible. And uh, you'll probably make fun of it. You know, you're going to try to find fault with it. Um, You just... You know, you're, you'll go on these sites and look at stuff and people are trying to make fun of the Bible and make fun of God and you'll just go right along with it because after a while, that's just the way it becomes if you don't get into it and do anything with it. And, you know, I've met a few people that they claim that they're Christians and they claim that they seek God, you know, but if you stand back and watch and listen to what they're actually doing and saying, um, what they're doing is they're looking for a God who matches their lifestyle. Okay, they're not seeking the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're not, they're not looking for that God, okay, the actual God of the Bible. Um, you know, they're looking for a God who will let them do anything they want to do and, you know, be anything they want to be and love everything that they do regardless. You know, they're not 
they're not wanting a God who will let a man burn in hell forever, you know, when he could get him out, you know, if he wanted to, but he says, no, you rejected me. So now you're going to burn forever. They don't, they're not looking for a God like that. They're looking for a God that will adjust himself to them. Now, some of these Christ rejecting sinners, I mean, they're, they're nice people. I mean, they're good looking people. They're nice people. Um, they're nice and polite, you know, they look great, you know, in their wonderful, nice new clothes. And, uh, if you were to talk to them, you probably wouldn't even be able to imagine that they're not some of the finest people on this earth. I mean, you, you'd think they were, you know, but in the end, you know, they may turn out to be devils. Okay. Because, you know, just wait until they have to stand before God. Then all you're going to have is just the filthy rags of your own self-righteousness. Okay. Can you imagine that? And then we're going to see what you're really like. You don't have all the fake plastic faces to put on and the designer clothes anymore. All you're going to have is your own self-righteousness. Of course, the Bible says that's like filthy rags. So, yeah, you're not going to look so good then, and you're not going to fare so well either, by the way. You know, the Bible says um, in Romans 3.19, it says that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. So if you're asking the question, well, how do they become guilty? Well, they became guilty because they refused God's offer of salvation. Okay, they just flat turned it down. And now, what do they do now? Well, now they have to face an eternity in hell because of it. So, in my opinion, if a person rejects Jesus Christ, rejects the free gift of Jesus Christ, the only thing I can figure is why you would reject him is probably because you hate him. And, uh... Of course, you could ask, well, why would anybody hate Jesus Christ? Well, because he interferes with their lives. Okay, you see, um, they don't want Jesus Christ. Why? Because they're living like the devil. That's why. And in some cases, it's more than just living like the devil. I mean, is there? it's unbelievable what some of the stuff they're doing. But... Did you know that you can have a person who is saved? Well, I, let me take that back. You can have a person who is not saved, a non-saved sinner, okay? And they can live like the devil, and they can be sorry for their sins. I mean, they can feel bad because they've sinned and done certain things. But, you know, being sorry for their sins isn't going to get their sins forgiven because they haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Now, you can also have a saved sinner, okay, who has sin because they still are a sinner, and, you know, they've got some sins that they could probably, possibly never get any victory over. Um, you know, let's say like liquor, like alcohol. You know, they're an alcoholic. They're saved now. They're still an alcoholic, and, you know, all of their lives, they've made a mess of things. Um, 
possibly died at an early age, you know, but they were still saved. They loved Jesus Christ. You know, they just never got over some of the things. Um, there are some that just, you know, don't, their whole lives just aren't completely changed perfectly when they get saved. They still have some sins, but you know, um, a lot of those people, you never really hear them say, you know, they want to wait longer for Jesus to come back. They're more like, you know, they can't wait for Jesus to come back. They're looking for that rapture anytime. And, you know, the reason for that is, is, is they want Jesus to come back so they don't have to fight that sin any longer. So some of these saved sinners, you know, like I say they have a, they have a sin like alcohol or something and they can't get rid of it. They know they can't get rid of it. For some reason they haven't been, they don't have any victory over it. They haven't been healed of it. And so they're praying that the Lord does come back so they can quit sinning. Now, um, I mean, I know some people don't understand that. I really don't know why, but, um, I really don't know why anybody that's an actual Christian would want to delay Christ's coming because it would solve every problem that you have, regardless of if it's a bad problem or not. But I mean, if you're sick, it would solve it. You're not going to be sick anymore. If you can't sleep at night, it would solve it. You can now, you don't have to worry about that. It would solve all of your ailments, all of your problems, having to go to work. You would literally be in heaven. So I don't know why any actual Christian would want to delay the Lord's return other than trying to uh, get people saved before his return because you don't want to see them go to hell. Other than that, I cannot see any reason for delaying Christ's return. So back to our our previous um, scripture that I read, oh, that they would consider their latter end. So now let me talk to you a little bit about that same sinner's recompense. Okay. That is, what does the sinner get out of doing what he did without considering the end of it? Okay. So he's been doing whatever he wants to do. He won't accept Jesus Christ. And he's not considered the end. Okay. So now what's he going to get? Well, think about it here. He's refused God's offer. Okay. He refused God's offer of salvation. Um, he turned it down. He flat turned it down. He rejected it. Then the sinner, well, then they show contempt for it. And finally, the sinner gets to a place where he hates it. He hates the word. He hates the Bible. And he won't have anything to do with it. So... Then what will happen in the end? Well, let's look at the book of Revelation. See what John says over here. Okay, and he says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
Okay, so that's Revelation 20, 11 through 15. And then the Bible goes on to say, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. That's in Isaiah, by the way. So basically, when you get up there, if you have any clothes on you at all, you're going to get up there smelling and stinking of sulfur. Okay, brimstone, fire and brimstone. Um, basically, the Bible describes your condition here in Isaiah 1, 6. It says, from the sole of the foot, even into the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. So basically, you're going to resemble a person here who's been laying in a hospital um, with maggots crawling all over you, probably in your sores. Okay, that's. I mean, your body's basically rotting away with maggots and open sores. And so that's your latter end, okay? That's where you wind up, okay? You're not there yet. You're not there yet. But, oh, that they were wise that they would consider their latter end. So think about that. That's how you're going to be brought up out of hell, and stand before the judgment of God and be judged by your righteous works, your self-righteous works. And, of course, we both know that your self-righteous works are like filthy rags. So that means you're going right back into hell. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to do that. So if I were you, I'd consider that latter end. So if you go back and look and say, well, what is the recompense of a sinner then? Well, you go back and look at Proverbs one twenty six, where it says, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when your fear cometh. Now, I want you to think about that. Now, of course, I didn't write the Bible, of course, obviously. Um, but, I mean, I'm a pretty, I mean, some people could say I could be mean and insensitive at times. But, you know, I don't think that I could do that. I don't think that I could stand there and mock somebody that has maggots you know, crawling all over them off their open sores and laugh at them. And basically what's what the Lord is saying. He says he is going to laugh at you when you get scared up there. You're, you're fixing to be cast back into hell and you're scared to death and he's going to laugh at you. Um, you're going to come up to the judgment. You're going to be scared to death. You're going to probably be crying and um, he'll look at you and laugh and say, you know, a little uncomfortable there. How you feel now? You know, what do you think about it now? I mean, you mocked me and made fun of me and all my believers and all my Christian people all this time. Look at you now and and just laugh in your face. I mean, that's, I mean, it's right there in the Bible. That's what it says. So, I mean, I guess that's God just paying you back for all the times and all the stuff you've done and all your rejection of Jesus Christ and, you know, Everything you've done to people and said behind their backs and, you know, belittled Christians and made fun of them. And so that's what you're getting done. You're getting paid back by God himself. So there you are. You're going to be standing there at the judgment seat there in front of God, shaking like a leaf in the, in the wind, shaking like a leaf on a tree. Okay. You're facing God. You know, you're facing God in your filthy rags of your own self-righteousness. 
Well, that's going to be wonderful for you, right? Not. Okay. So the Bible says about that meeting, it says, let God be true, but every man a liar, and that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. So basically, you're going to be standing there looking like a fool, an ate up, you know, zombified looking fool. Okay. And of course, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people standing around that are not in your shoes, you know, as witnesses that made it to heaven. They're all going to be looking at you going, oh boy, we got another zombie up here fixing to send him to hell. Cause obviously, you know, you ain't going nowhere else. And you know, you're going to be standing there stuttering. I mean, what are you going to say? What are you going to say to God? You know, you're not going to be able to say anything. I mean, look at you. You've already died. You've already went to hell. Now God has brought you up from hell to be judged to see maybe you can get out of hell, right? But they're going to open that book and your name is not in that lamb's book of life. So you're going right back into hell. So, you know, it's going to be the end of that sinner. Is it what it's going to be? It's going to be the end of the sinner. So I would, I would say that the end of the sinner there in that case would be fear. You know, I mean, I'm sure you're going to be scared to death. I mean, first you're going to be you're going to be scared to death of facing the record, the written record in the books, because you know what's in it. You can't deny it. You can't lie your way out of it this time. I mean, because it's written in there by God in a book, so you know it's true. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, I can. Can you imagine this here when you hit that white throne judgment? Okay, you're going to be panicking. You're going to be scared. You're going to be thinking. What am I going to say to God? What am I going to say to try to get out of this? You know, you're about to lose everything, including your soul. You know, you're about to lose it all. Um, the verse calls it a calamity. Okay. And fear. So if you were to ask, well, fear of what you ask? Well, um, how about fear of exposure? Um, what kind of exposure? Well, complete exposure. No privacy. Okay. Everything you've ever done, the whole thing is going to be under surveillance. You talk about a calamity, now that's a calamity. Someday the universe is going to find out everything about you that you didn't want anybody to find out. At that white throne judgment, all that stuff is going to come out. Can you imagine that? Now, if your lambs, if your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're never going to get that judgment. So, you know, everything's been forgiven. But if you're not... If you're that unsaved sinner, they're all going to know. Everybody's going to know the truth then. Yeah, us that are going to be up there in heaven watching, we're going to find out. We're going to know what really happened then. In fact, we're going to find out what really happened in lots of things like, I don't know, Oklahoma City bombing. We'll find out. Twin Towers. You know, all this stuff that's happened recently in here and, you know, uh, all of the fake science and all these pharmaceutical companies pumping people full of drugs and lying about it and people dying left and right, we're going to all find out the truth then. It's all going to come out because these people are going to be called out for their lies and they're going to be standing up there and uh, we're all going to get to hear it. So that's going to be embarrassing. Of course, we'll know then anyway, but uh, can you imagine that? I mean, like, can you imagine... I mean, aren't, I mean, aren't you glad that like a guy like me, that I don't know everything that God knows about you? 
and nobody else knows everything that God knows about you? I mean, can you imagine if all the truth came out about a person right now that's here live right now? Um, you know, if, if most people knew what God knows about you, most people wouldn't even waste their time talking to you because they'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm. Sin, 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 guilty, guilty, guilty. They, they, they wouldn't even want to talk to you. Probably wouldn't even, uh, probably wouldn't want to stay in the same room with you for very long if, if, if people knew what God knew about you. You know, and that goes for all of us. The same for me. So anyway, like it says, you know, it says fear, distress, anguish. You know, that's what it says there in the Bible. So what is that? That is the end of a sinner. Okay. That's why God said, oh, that they were wise, that they should consider their latter end. So, you know, if you think you're a really smart guy, you better think a little further down the road to the end, the latter end. You see, because if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior while you have the chance, well, you know, here's the thing is we don't know when that latter end's going to happen, do we? It could happen tonight. I mean, do you realize how many people are having heart attacks and heart problems and every kind of thing right off the, I mean, just constantly now? You don't have to be 80, 90 years old to kick off anymore, okay? You can kick the bucket at like 28 years old. I mean, they're calling it adult, you know, instead of SIDS, now it's for adults, you know, adult sudden death syndrome because so many adults are randomly dying. I mean, you, you're going to take that chance that it's that it couldn't be you? I mean, you don't have the time to wait. You need to consider the end. So the end for any sinner is a person who's completely undone. They are going to lose everything. Um, they step out alone in distress and anguish. And that's because the payment that they're fixing to have to make is going to be eternal, eternal hell and damnation. So that ought to bring a person right there, you know, distress and anguish, just thinking about it. Now, the Bible says the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And, you know, lots of them, they haven't got either one. They don't have fear or wisdom. And, you know, the ones I'm talking about. These uh, unsaved sinners, you know, they're just going along like life's going to last forever. You know, just having a ball, going out, doing all the things they've ever wanted to do. You know, all their fornication, all their filth, adultery, you name it. They do it all. And they just think life's going to just last forever. But it's not. Um, Someday they're going to get hauled up there before the Lord And then they're going to find themselves in distress. Why? Well, because they're going to lose everything. Not just their friends, their health, money, properties, you know, family, comfort, peace of mind, even their clothes. They're going to have lost their family. You know, they're not going to be there. They're going to have lost their home. It's not there. They will have lost their job. It's not there, of course. They will have lost their relatives. They're not there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there to help you. You have no doctor 
to help you. No lawyer, no friends. You're there all alone. You have to face the music, face God all alone. The Bible says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. That's Romans 14. Someday you're going to have to give it an account. And when you do, it'll be alone. And like the Bible says, it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. That's in Hebrews 9. So, don't you think you ought to get ready for the judgment? I mean, don't you think that? Don't you think you ought to think about the future? Get ready for that judgment? You know? And of course, you're always going to have the people, the people that don't want to, you know, change their ways. They want to live like the devil. They're going to say, oh, I've got plenty of time. I've got all the time in the world, you know? I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Well, you know, that's just not the way it works. If they were wise, they would consider their latter end. Now, once you get to that point, it's too late then. So when the truth finally comes out, there's going to be an utter collapse and total anguish for you. It's going to be an absolute hopeless situation with no way to get right. You've already had your chance and you blew it. Basically, God's going to tell you to get out and stay out. So, of course, if you say get out where? Well, into outer darkness with weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That's where you're going to be. So, he doesn't need you anymore. doesn't want you. Um, basically, you're a dirty animal. Get out. So, that's exactly what's going to happen. Now, if you were to say, oh, God wouldn't do that. Well, what you mean is, is that these soft Christians of today that think everything is love. Now they say God wouldn't do that. Um, but the God in the Bible, he would do that. Okay. Because it says he was, it says that he will, it says in the Bible, he says, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's in Matthew 25. So, Basically, you know, and of course in Proverbs one twenty seven, it talks about desolation there. And if you, you know, if you want to know what that means, you know, it means there's nothing there. You're alone. You're stripped with nothing in your hands. You lost the whole thing. I mean, you're completely desolate. So you're about to make an eternal payment here to God. Okay. Um, you're in debt. You're in debt to God. You sinned against him. And now you have to pay for your sins. So basically, you're going to have to step forward and make your payment. I mean, there that's where you are. I mean, you're a sinner. You didn't accept the free gift. You didn't get it wiped away. Your debts aren't wiped away. So now, now you owe it. So now you have to step up and pay. You know, you're the payer. You just thought you were a player, but you're actually the payer. And you are going to pay for those sins. Okay. So, you know. You may look respectable now, you know, right here alive. You may be a good-looking dude. I don't know. I mean, you may look respectable, got your suit and tie on. Um, you may be a banker. You may be a lawyer. You may have a, you know, make a really good living right now and pay your bills. But after you die, okay, step up and make your final payment, okay, eternity. So, What's your payment? Well, you sinned against an eternal being, so the payment's forever. 
Um, so every year the interest doubles, so you're never going to get it paid off. Um, so after God judges you, you're going to be totally desolate. Okay. You're never going to be, you're never going to get to be bailed out. Um, can you imagine that? It's like, uh, these billionaires and stuff that are now, you know, these wonderful people that people really love, you know, billionaires like Bill Gates, He's going to be standing there, stripped naked, with nowhere to turn, nowhere to go, nobody to care. That's going to be the end of them. You know, basically, their piles of hundred thousands and millions of dollars are all up in smoke. Doesn't do them a bit of the good now. So, you know, they, they were too busy living in the world right now and forget anything about eternity, you know. Forget that. So, yeah, you're going to be standing there, and the Lord's going to say, well, you sinned against me, and now it's time to make your payment. And if you're stupid enough to say, well, how long is it going to take for me to pay for it? Well, the Lord's going to say, well, you know what? You sinned against me. You rejected my righteousness. Mm, you rejected my son. Uh, so now you've got to pay for that sin, and you're going to pay as long as we live. Okay. <laughs> So basically, that sin's going to cost you an eternal payment. Um, you you're never gonna you're never gonna get out of it. You're done. You're completely done for. So you know, I want to take this time to remind you: if you're listening to this and you're not saved, you are hell bound. Okay, you're going to hell like a bullet. You just don't know it. If if you're not listening, if you're listening, you know it. You, so you need to do something about it. I want to remind you that you know once you get to hell. You don't ever get out, okay? This is not a catch and release type deal, okay? You don't have a single ray of hope left. You will have wailing and gnashing of teeth for eternity, burning up in brimstone, okay? You're done for. So, I mean, the only way you can avoid any of this is to get saved now because there is a way out, until you get there. But once you get there, there's no way out. So you have that way out right now if you so choose to take it. But if you reject it, if you refuse it, you don't want to do it. I mean, basically, you're described in the Bible as lost. Okay? And I tell you why lost is such a horrible word when it comes to your salvation it's because you're never going to be found again, okay? Nobody will care to find you, including God. Now, that's pretty bad right there. So that is the ultimate end of a sinner right there, okay? So I just want you to know when I talk about being saved, because I'm, I'm saved. I'm a saved sinner. Um, I'm not talking about getting out of a gutter or living a better life, um, you know, or being some superstar, or being some anything special. I'm talking about being saved from going to hell and burning for eternity. Okay, that's that's what being saved is. We're talking about being saved from that. So, you know, my. My advice to you would be, you know, if you're not saved, you need to get saved, you know, because you need to have your wicked soul saved 
before you appear to him clothed in your filthy rags, you know, of your own religious self-righteousness. So that's my advice to you. I hope this helped you. I mean, you know, if you if you want to get saved, it's just as simple as, you know, asking Jesus Christ into your heart. Um, just basically believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he was born, he, he, he lived, he, he was crucified, he died, he shed his precious blood for your atonement, and three days later he rose again. He resurrected himself, basically, um, and he ascended to heaven. You know, if you believe that, According to the Bible, you're saved. Now, once you do that, you know, the Holy Ghost can come into you, come into your life, and you can start trying to get get completely right. Some people, you know, they get saved and boom, they have a complete different lifestyle. Some people have to work on it, you know, but either way, the Holy Ghost will come into you and, you know, you can start understanding things. And then when you start doing things you know you're not supposed to be doing, you're going to feel guilty about it. Okay, and then what you need to do is you need to ask for forgiveness. Now, you've already been forgiven for your sins. You're saved. But as you, you know, continue to sin in your life because you are a sinner, anytime you sin, you need to ask God to forgive you for those sins. You need to confess them to him in prayer and let him know, hey, I did this. He already knows you did it, but you have to confess it to him and Ask for forgiveness so you can stay in fellowship with God. You know, if you're out of fellowship with God, that's when you're like, you know, you're basically getting in trouble, like your your parents getting on to you and you're in trouble, you're grounded. A lot of bad things can happen when you're out of fellowship with God. Now, if you died, yeah, you're still going to heaven. That's fine. You're done. Your salvation is guaranteed once you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. However, why not live to your fullest? Just stay in fellowship with God. Do the right thing. And when you do something you're not supposed to be doing, you need to stop doing it. But the first of all, you need, to, you need to ask for forgiveness and admit you did it. Admit you're wrong. And that's really all there is to it. It doesn't make you a perfect person. But it won't be the end of you, okay? you. I mean, it won't be the end to where you're burning in hell for eternity, it's going to be where you get to spend eternity in heaven. I mean, that that's a whole lot better than hell. I mean, sounds to me like. So, if you have any questions, any comments, give us an email at, let's see, what is my email? It is truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. You can also check out my website is kennywilliamson.com. Um, so go check that out. Uh, if you like this, if it helped you, please like it, share it, do whatever you can. And because the whole the whole purpose of this Truth Seekers ministry is to get the truth out there, to get people saved before it's too late. That that's really it. I mean, you know, the whole thing is is I'm not expecting you to do anything other than just accept Jesus Christ into your heart. You know, I mean, it's going to make you a better person. It, I, I haven't met anybody yet that, that it hasn't. So, you know, give it a shot, uh, share it. Thanks for listening, and God bless you.